Whew, gang, it's been a long weekend. But a tremendously fun one because we just wrapped up CritterCon 3. I can't believe we have had three of these things already. It is crazy. My voice is already blown out. I cannot believe it. And I just want to thank everybody who came out to play in CritterCon and enjoy all these, these great tabletop experiences. I want to thank all the GMs that put their time and effort and energy, especially our guest GMs that came in uh, from outside of our Critterverse and really put some heart and soul into these. And of course, last but certainly not least, I want to thank everybody who donated to the cause who put their money out there and helped us help other people. And thank you so much. That is hugely tremendous, especially in times like this. Now, that's not all we have to talk about today. We've got a big episode coming out. But I do want to say, we just recently wrapped up our March Madness Challenge, our Monster March, which is weird to think that the basketball tournament didn't happen, but, you know, here we are on the other side of those things. So, we have a winner. The winner is Evil Sauce. Yay! Evil Sauce. Woo! All other winners will be reached out via email. So, of course, our Monster March contest. What won? Of course, Space Goblin was the favorite playable with our old buddy Android right behind. With that said, let's get back into this episode. It's going to be a great one today as we get into some space combat. Episode 131, Breath, Breath of, of the, the Terminus, Terminus Wild. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. Fly through those rings and use your power shield and equip your twin lasers. Oh, it's time to take another intergalactic Star Fox Finder adventure this week on Cosmic Crit. It's time to do a barrel roll with me, your GM here on the show, a.k.a. your great monarch commander of the planet Venom. And joining me on Space Rails, Shooting Action are my five players and wingmen. To my right, she applies the wing gyro and flies straight and true. It's Rebecca rolling with Zinnia. Hello. Across from her, this fine feathered friend is a sure shot is aiming at a stationary target practice. It's Drew delivering Echo 7 Lombard. Do a barrel roll. To my right, always quick with a quip or tip. He's a gunner from the starship. It's Tyler dredging up Pepe DeBasho. Tutorials. Across from him, not the good android Andis, but the evil monkey man Andros. It's your bird playing his tryst. <laughs> What's the big deal, Patrick? And across the digital table, this tiny toad is as hard to hit as a moving target whites. Miles mixing it up with Slippy Sprouts. Good evening. Hey, everyone. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Yeah. Everything's great in the entire world. <laughs> Not a thing is wrong. Nothing's woo. garbage. It's great. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Nothing is garbage except I have bad news here. Very bad news in the form of uh, this is the end of book one of Fate of the Fifth. I'm sorry oh. to say. Oh. No more basically homebrew adventures from your GM. 
just TPK us. Start over. We can play it all over again. <laughs> yeah, did that forced march one more time. Except yeah, but now we're ready. It's like New Game Plus. Except yeah. you guys that play not around. how that works at you, you all. You play five vanguards with formation boots and <laughs> You're like, Ooh, we're marching. Uh, we could double time the whole time, right? What about triple time? We're gonna triple time this force march. Uh, yeah. After after this week, I can no longer take 100 percent of the blame for your the the ills and fates that befall your characters. I'm going to blame you anyway. Yeah, that's fine. It'll still be like 90% me, <laughs> but the, someone else will have, will have written the base adventure. But yeah, we can't we can't push this off for too long. Uh, are you guys ready to get back into it this week? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Incorrect. Uh, Sprouts first has to recount the epic final encounters in the hangar bay. Remind us what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. The air in Sescalon is as cold as a kiss from a corpse, and we ain't aiming to stick around for a second date. Myers is still ringing from the sonic trap, but I only have my fool self to blame for that one. This little mushroom thought it could delay the midnight company from scooting off this rock, but we sauteed that sucker real quick. Reinforcements came down furiously from all sides. We circled together and held off the small bugs to take out their boss. After that, it was easy pickings. We gassed up and got the pronk out of there. Everyone took their positions, and when the call came for captain, I found myself picking up the receiver. Been kicked around my whole life. Guess it's about high time I start kicking back. We took off, only to find the biggest bug I've ever seen in my misbegotten life trash in the city, and gunning straight for us. You might want to hop out the pot, dear listener. Water's about to boil. Oh my, yes indeed, and boil it shall. For this episode is not starting aboard the Terminus Wild, but once again, inside a psychic memory. Jabert, unlike the others that Tress has experienced in this AP so far over the over the last few days of the Sheeran's life, it seems like this memory is the dark parody of emotion. You get a feeling washing over you of serpentine creatures, no eyes or mouths, just feeling out their existence in in this gross servitude, constantly groping over their path for eternity. And then you get the feeling of them being consumed as a dark force rolls over them, fear and pain stretching across in eternity as their DNA is ripped out of their body one cell at a time. And excruciating experience that seems to last for ages. And it's this feeling that washes over you after the five-headed swarm lord screams at you, Trest. And it's an unreal feeling that kind of locks your arms at your side, you know, clenches your mandibles, keeps you in, in your, your seat, stirring a, a primal fear, something that the Sheeran haven't felt firsthand maybe in hundreds of years since splitting off from the swarm. Um, Tress is a soldier and has seen battle, but has he ever experienced something like this before? Is is this something that he can handle? They, they can handle? <clears throat> uh, I think there is a time in the recent past when they have trained with another uh, magic user who would cast they would take turns casting fear spells on to like sort of hone their skills um and there may have been a time when there was like sort of a, like a like a taste of this like if this was like a little 
this was this like like a little like jalapeno uh, mm. uh, than what what uh, Trest is currently experiencing is a is a big old a big old ghost pepper, but a Carolina Reaper. <laughs> so it's it's a Reaper of sorts of Carolina sorts. Oh yeah, no, you you weren't at PAX when uh, Miles brought up the, uh, the hot <laughs> hot sauces and. We did a, a spoonful of uh, uh, Da Bomb. No, I missed Boy, that. That is and a... I thankfully missed that. <laughs> and my girlfriend tried to make everyone do more. <laughs> it was an experience. And yeah, it's something that, you know, eating a, a normal pepper doesn't um, prepare you for. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's, it's another level. This is the same thing. Um, you think, you know, a lesser being experiencing that psychic scream um, I mean, it could have just made them go completely crazy. Um, and you remember back to Suthres Susaro, who maybe wasn't handling the war so well. But as you break into the upper atmosphere, it you know, it, it's stuck in your memory. But the uh, the echoes of it begin to fade away. And uh, yeah, it's about a half hour and so until you guys will get you know near out of the gravitational hold of the the planet. You have time to rest here. On board the deck, um, the command deck of the Terminus Wild. Um, is that is that the map you're on right now? Is that what you guys are seeing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- yeah, feel free to um, take a look around this this map. Um, does anybody need to take a 10-minute break? Or is anyone into HP damage? Because... Can, can... Zinnia is. Um, yeah, Tress is for sure. <laughs> Zelenan uh, yeah. can, can come up to the the bridge uh he has communed again with the forever queen um that morning and so uh yeah he stumbles onto the deck and is like oh everyone below deck is is uh is resting and, and i've put the kettle on uh and there's also some non-perishables to, to eat in the galley how how are all of you and he will indeed uh, extend a mystic cure if anyone needs it. So, Zinnia, you said uh, you need one? Yes, please. Mostly going to take a break. Okay, Max. Max back. I believe that is 15. I'll double check. Oh, my. Way more than I needed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It uh, It's an 8, so only 12. Still more than I needed. Great. <laughs> um, Trust, you were, you were in HP as well? Yeah, I'm down 10 right now. Boom, Max back again. I'm the best at this game, guys. <laughs> two eights on 2d8. Devacho, how, how many hit points? You're down like all the hit points, right? Yeah, you see Devacho and he's just like, like his chitin is chipped and he's just blood covered. Uh, mechanically, I'm at six out of 22 hit points. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I wish I hadn't taken that. With, with no stamina and no resolve left. So he's just kind of looking like he, maybe he's fading in and out of consciousness. He's looking... Oh gosh! Uh, extremely bad, and he's still kind of his moat is still kind of suffering from when he was he used all that energy, so it's still kind of spazzing out a little. I'm not going to roll an eight on this one. I can feel. No, you're going to roll a one. Oh my goodness, Tyler! <laughs> <laughs> I call my shot. I'm the Babe Ruth of this podcast. You want a one? I'll get you a one, sucker. Five points of HP back. Oh yeah! No. yeah. Zelenane goes up to to heal you, and. Like he just like trips, he just like trips and like lands on like puts his hands <laughs> right on your breasts. Uh, no, <laughs> weird. What? Jesus Christ! Let me uh, let me describe this because it actually makes sense for Tyler's character. Yeah, he he recoils 
to your touch as you are looking sallow, you're looking uh, very tired and, and you have these like kind of dark rings around your eyes and uh, he kind of flinches maybe in fear for a second and is like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, let, let me, let me heal you here, oh, my son. Uh, yeah, he does give you five HP back. Um, he, you know, keenly eyes you trust as, as he's healing you up, you know, his antenna twitching and psychically kind of uh, calls out to you. Are, are you okay, Trest? Did, did you feel its imprint on your mind? It's called as strong, but we are, we are one. As you guys are, are resting up here, eventually a sense of, of quiet overtakes the bridge and you guys can relax a bit. Enjoy a beverage if you want. Um, is there anything you want to do while you're exiting Susklin's atmosphere? Take a nap. Glass of water. Yeah. Because mm. going to take a look around and see what's on this ship. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, we could take a, a quick tour here on this floor. As you exit the uh, command deck, there is a an elevator immediately on your right. Um, and then uh, down a, a short about to, um, bring out my measurement tool here about a 55 foot corridor there's a couple of doors um crew cabin as well as a a little galley um restroom obviously um uh, unisex restroom the captain's quarters and then at the end of the hallway on this floor the reactor core the power core uh and where the drift drive would be and then if uh at, at the back of engineering there, there's a set of stairs down. And if uh, if we follow Echo 7 as he's clanking around, you see a few of the evacuees here in the bottom level of the ship uh, in what is the cargo bay. Um, you see the, the cargo lifter you brought on board here, um, the large box that is marked um, return to sender, the, um, the drift drive. Uh, at the very aft of the ship, there is a a larger entrance for the cargo bay, as well as two um, uh, escape pods. And then in the middle of the ship, we've got a holographic uh, amusement chamber, a couple of uh, like executive suites. Um, This would be for whoever actually like owns the vessel, um, each with its own private restroom. And the front of the ship on the the viewing level is a a large lounge, with um, almost 180 degree view of out into space. So this is like the the viewing um, viewing level. Uh, so you're taking a, a full tour. Uh, what, what else is, does anybody else have anything they want to do? Yeah, is Xantos on board? Yes, he is at the computer, um, the science officer station on the bridge. I think if she has time, Zinni might uh, strike up a conversation with him, maybe sort of on the down low, not mm. really letting other people hear. Um, so I came across some very interesting specimens. I, I thought maybe we could trade some notes on the swarm. Oh, did you find some some new bugs for us to examine? I would be very excited to do that. Perhaps we can make a, a makeshift lab here until we get to Ultranius. I think them. we should. I, I managed to procure a sample of a corvocyte. I hadn't seen one of those before. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to get a sample from the Coravox that we fought, but um, we were in a bit of a hurry. You also got that cerebral fungus. Hmm. Oh True. yeah, I did. Uh, I believe you mean convocite. Uh, I would, oh, I would sorry. hate sorry. Convocite, to... excuse me. <laughs> I would hate to correct you. Uh, like I, I made the name up or something myself. <laughs> 
want to be a jerk about it. Uh, well, you know, the funny thing about that is while I I uh, I created that bug, uh, I believe it was given a different name by um, Jason Keeley, the editor. <laughs> I forget what it was called, honestly, to begin with. Dredger uh, stuck around, though. I think Dredger was the original name. Um, yeah, so as, as you're talking to him, you guys are, are lifting off in the space. He is doing some other work. Uh, Zinnia, you know, you, you can uh, talk to him across the bridge kind of um, as well. Um, if you don't mind other people hearing uh, to his science station. But uh, uh, maybe as you're regaling him with, with some of your stories, um, there are suddenly just dozens of warning flashes coming from the computer as as your ship starts to automatically accelerate. And Xanto uh, says... Uh, uh, Marlo, uh, I- I'm reading hundreds of small objects in our flight path. Um, so Marlo just kind of nods knowingly. I'm not sure what he wants me to do about it right now. <laughs> uh, as you guys continue to travel forward, the computer starts to kind of holographically map out what you're seeing in the, the inky blackness of space over Ladar and your ship seems to be entering into a massive debris field, uh, thousands of kilometers long. Um, you see larger pieces of ships start to get holographically like put together and can can make out um, Susquehann Defense Force starship like um, uh, like wings and things like that, um, as well as swarm vessels that have been destroyed here, just littering the sky above the the bug planet. Can we call out to any of the Susquehann ships to get kind of a sit rep? Uh, I mean, everything that you are picking up right now is destroyed do you want to send out like oh okay i i thought i thought some of them might be still active yeah i mean you can scan for sos but there's like there's no there's nothing incoming right now okay xantos kind of uh goes back to his computer screen hunched over and says oh potentially those are the lucky ones they say when your ship goes down out here it's uh relatively fast death uh, we don't have I'm a trip drive trying. installed on here, do we? No. And towards that end, uh, Xantos says, uh, I'm science officer Zinnia, I'm sending you parameters for flight paths to Ultranius uh, on, on your computer when you have a chance to look over my work. There, We are many days away, though, without uh, a drift drive. Uh, there's a, a brief pause as Xantos kind of fiercely types into his computer console and then says, Marlo, uh, I'm, I'm reading two ships uh, using afterburners in an intercept course with the Terminus Wild. Well, what are your orders? Hmm. I, I guess we should. I don't know. Um, All hands to stations. Prepare for battle. Yeah, charge guns. Like, right yeah, shields. Just, no, don't do anything. <laughs> Let me shoot you, please. India, start evasive maneuvers. Everyone else, to your stations. We're in for oh. a puppy ride. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh... Xantos gives you all a very fast readout of the Terminus Wild and says, uh, a gyro laser, a twin laser, a laser net, and, and light plasma torpedoes. Who exactly was this Gar Malgero, and why did he arm this pleasure cruiser like it was a fine fortress? Well, he was a very particular Vex. Won't be another one like him. Vex? <laughs> Isn't this the, the the Vex from before? No, this is no, the... No, that's the Aldemaric. Oh. Gal, Galmajero is the shady merchant guy, I believe. <laughs> oh. And did you say Vex or Vesk? Vesk. Vesk. Okay. Well, he that's said Vex. I heard Vex. He <laughs> <said laughs> did he say Vex? Oh, I heard oh, Vex. Yeah. we recorded this. Um, 
Thantos uh, says, uh, listen up, SDF members. This is a private vessel. Flux Industries observation catch, and it was made for sightseeing, uh, you know, the, the rich socialists, the political dignitaries, things like that. But thankfully, it's got, well, it's been up armored, and it's got a strong offense bolted onto it. The AC, the, the TL, uh, they're rated at a 15 with Zinnia at the wheel here, and they've got 10 shield points in each quadrant. With Captain's permission, I'll rebalance them where they're needed. Uh, there's a Mark II Duo Node computer. I'll free up some processing power for you all as, as you see fit. And the weapons complement is stacked in the front with laser cannons. The turret has a defensive laser net. And there's an aft light plasma torpedo launcher. All right, make it so. Yeah. Uh, you guys know we are in some Starship combat. <laughs> uh, so, Drew, here's the question. Do you want the twin laser? Uh, do you want to hop on the forward weapons? Or do you want the turret? Uh, what's you your, can, what's you can your... bounce between them, you know, on your turns. Yeah, because are, are you going to be gunning, Jabert? Or are you going to be uh, doing other stuff? Um, I, I figure I'm going to be gunning at this point. So it has been so long since we've had a honest to goodness starship combat here on the podcast. Doesn't it feel like it's been forever? Not yes. long enough. Feels like it's been forever. <laughs> it's like it's been approximately always. Well, that's what happens when uh, it's at the very end of the book. I guess we, we've been, uh, what, like 14 or 15 episodes in, in this season so far before the first starship combat uh yeah so this the terminus wild is a tier three vessel you get a nice little boosted vessel right off the the top if you guys remember first thing in starship combat as these two vessels are are coming up on you is uh we both get engineering phases um there's no one in your engineering bay right nope uh incorrect (laughs) engineer not required um (laughs) Because at the beginning of the combat here, uh, all at once you hear your comms spark up with a familiar voice. The video readout confirming your worst fears as uh, he says, uh, uh, this is Raz down in the engine room. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I'm, I'm going to try and hit this engine if it starts acting up. <laughs> just, just let me know what you want me to do. Oh, no, Captain, vent the, uh, vent the airlocks quick. Vent <laughs> the airlocks. <laughs> He's helping. Okay, guys. Okay. All right. He didn't help this round. <laughs> he rolled an eleven, but <laughs> he has no bonuses to, to engineering. But he's uh, he's pushing buttons down there. He's he's gonna help out. This is a team victory. Um, next, we're gonna head into the helm phase. Uh, Captain, do you know where you want to, uh, Miles, help some people out? Do you want to act in this phase or? Uh, I'm gonna act in the gunner phase. Okay. All right. So. Thanks. Uh, Sprouts thinks Zinnia's probably got this pretty well uh, handled. She's um, got wings. She knows how to fly, right? <laughs> that, that's how that's how ships work. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's during this phase. Xanto scans the enemy ship. I did roll this before uh, we started. Xantos. Oh, you're gonna help with your chief action? Uh, okay. I'm gonna attempt to manually realign some things on the ship. Now, this is a new calm action for... Correct. This is called manual realignment. It happens in the helm phase. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to make a bit of an athletics checks here. (laughs) And if I succeed and the science officer also succeeds, they receive one additional piece of information as though the result were five higher. Okay. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's, you know, DC like six. 
uh, he definitely succeeded at least once, so yeah. he'll be getting some more information. Yeah, so hope this is 10 plus one and a half times the starship's tier. So let's <clears> see what. Let's see how I do. Oh, I got a natural 20. Hey, <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, I succeeded. So uh, he gets to treat his success as if it were five higher. Excellent. So unfortunately, I don't think that's going to... Uh, he rolled like a 26 on all okay. these things. But well, I was about to say, you can... Uh, I think at that level, you know everything about these uh, these things and you can assume they're the same because they have the same kind of hole make out but scanning one of them uh, he confirms uh, Marlo this this is a swarm fleet fury you, you've tangled with these before and, and Zinnia you know what we're dealing with uh, I'm quite sure uh, let's see so yeah I guess that was <laughs> it's like a 29 I think in, in total actually uh, with your your bonus here Tyler so that's everything about the swarm fleet furies feel free to just google them if you want yeah, <laughs> go to archive of, of Nethys but uh, Xantos will explain to you and our audience and says uh, oh these are fast bugs they, they've got a a good maneuverability, but a speed of 12. Uh, the, the vessel has uh, an AC and TL of 15. It doesn't have any shields, uh, but they're hardy bugs reinforced with, with living steel, and they got the equivalent of 35 hull points. There's torpedo launchers in their front arc, and they can easily beat our shields with a, a solid attack, so, so be wary. Cool. What was the, what was the AC TL again? 15. 15. Same, same as you guys, I think, so... Cool. Oh boy, we are getting into it. Uh, let's do some some opposed piling checks. How about how about that, Zinnia? All right. I'm. I have to say, I as Rebecca, I'm very excited to actually have a role on the starship that I can actually fulfill. <laughs> very exciting. So yeah, uh, you were kind of in the lurch as um, Alindra uh, and took the gunner pretty often, right? Yeah, the Solarian. Well, and then she was promoted to captain. So it was okay as captain, I guess. But, I mean, she she wasn't stellar at anything. Stellar, yeah, pun intended. (laughs) And then Um, Talara, um, uh, what what did she do? Was she a gunner as well? Yeah. Witch Warper? Yeah, she was a gunner, but she was terrible at it. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully Uh, Zinnia will turn things around for me. All right, first. Let's hope you're better at gunning it than gunning it. First roll, right, I'm right. gonna roll piloting for these guys. I will tell you, I think you got a better piloting than them. So let's see what the dice say. Oh my goodness. Yes. I like that. I've, I've rolled the one. All right. It's a 21 from Zinnia. Okay. A little overkill. Boom, boom. And I'm moving the Fleet Furies. And actually, this one's gonna come down over here a little bit closer to you guys. Turn in. Okay. So they have moved first. And they started off right next to each other, and now they have they have split off and are doing a kind of a pincer move right now, both looking at your uh, your side shield. So your one's on your starboard and one is on your port, and a little pincer move. But they were outpiloted potentially <laughs> by by this pleasure cruiser. Um, what do you want to do, Rebecca? Well, I want to get them in my forward arc, um, but they are too far apart for me to flip and burn and be able to get either of them in my arc. In the front arc? Um, yeah. So with the flip and burn, you you are able to move some as well. Yeah, but only half speed. So I can move yeah. three hexes and they, and if I turned after, if I turned 180 degrees after that, they I, I would just, my arc would be right between them, right? 
Um, you could, I think, uh, you well, yes, you could get one of them in your front arc if you flipped and burned and turned to, to towards one of them. Um, and that would, uh, actually, if you did that, that would potentially leave one in your front arc and one in your aft. <clears throat> but that's a that's a hard maneuver, a flip and burn for your your first piloting action. <laughs> yeah, especially a cruise ship, right? <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, you're, oh no! You're flipping Avenue <laughs> Five over on its side. So, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm <laughs> thinking I'm going to around. I'm going to I can't control the so, ship by the way. So just just a heads up: uh, flipping and burning is the whole move. That's like you don't get to move after you flip and burn. Like, right? The, yeah, the, you can't turn in addition to that. That's why I say flip that. and burn wouldn't be a good option here. Oh, what am I thinking of? Am I thinking of something else? I mean, yeah, I mean, just move, moving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can move. Um, I could just simply turn in place um, or I could just move around. So one, two, turn, two, three, four. Sorry, let me give you control of the Terminus Wild already. Uh, so uh, which which way are you thinking of turning? So I'm thinking, I, I don't think I can target both of them at the same time. So I can, tar- I'm, I'm going to, try for the one that's sort of to the east on the map um with your front uh facing yeah 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 i don't know don't think you can get both of them i've two artfully placed these guys but uh yeah turning towards your starboard you uh um you are aligned in its front it's aligned towards your front and I think if that's all you want to do, that is fine. That's well, I was this. going to move. I was going to move. So I was going to go one, oh, two, okay. and then turn, and then three, four, and then mm-hmm. turn. And that gotcha. puts it in my front arc, right? Right. So, yeah, that will move you a little further away from this one that was on your port, which might be a good idea because I think the light plasma torpedoes, I think you might just be getting out of there first range. 14, so maybe... Uh, all right, so let's let's get to the gunnery phase. I think we're all done with helm, right? Yep. Oop, nope. You're still within you're still within torpedo range for that. Uh, do you guys want me to a uh, fire first? Uh, yeah. Why don't you go for it? I'm gonna use the point weapons to try to defend. Okay. So um, <clears throat> you have one coming towards the front, more than likely, and one coming towards the the starboard. Now the the heavy laser net works if it does hit you get a chance to to shoot it out, right? Uh, yeah, sort of the point special weapon property. I'm trying to, yeah, it's, it, you only get one gunnery check uh, to do this per round. So yeah, but it's so a free one. one. Yeah, but it's a free one. Um, so if it if it a tracking weapon would hit uh, the ship in an arc that the mm-hmm. uh, contains a weapon with a point special property, it's on the turret. Uh, so that's basically all of them. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, one, two. I'm gonna try to deflect the front and uh three four i'm gonna deflect the well it starboard. i have to hit first so you actually okay. can hold okay, off i'll on just this. wait okay but let's just assume that i hit with both of them yeah <laughs> let's roll the likely. dice oh my goodness oh no well <sighs> that was almost two 20s <laughs> oh i saw it i saw it coming up oh boy a 20 and a two i can tell you that two is gonna be a mess um, that 20 definitely. All right. Well, so, I'm going to try to deflect that 20. <laughs> so you're trying to beat. Uh, oh, you're not trying to beat my roll. You're trying to beat 10 plus the uh, the tracking uh, weapon speed, right? Uh, right. Yes. Okay. Uh, can you tell me what that is just for just for my edification? 
Of course, I know exactly what that number is. No worries. Oh, good. Uh, for for a light <laughs> torpedo, I think it's 18. Let me just double check. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You need to roll a, a hefty-sized so, number. So I need to roll an 18 on this thing? Uh, what you get? What, a plus 3 to fire it? So you're looking at it. No, no, it's a, it's a plus 10 to fire it because it's a point weapon. Oh. And it comes with a it comes with a built-in plus 10. So. Oh, okay. So you just need to roll You need to roll an 8. <laughs> the speed oh, I see. in hexes is 16. Is it 10 plus 16? Yes. <laughs> so I got to roll a 26 on this. So I need a 16 okay. or higher. Ooh, 16 okay. or higher. Well, you can do this. It's not well, possible. Now, do you have computer aid? Do you want to take one of those now? Um, Mark two duo node. I'm seeing a big nod from Tyler. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, hold on. Hold on. Because uh, actually, Santos has already done his action this turn. He cannot help. But um, go ahead and take that two and, and make that roll. Yeah, I know. I know that the captain was holding his action to the uh, to the gunnery <laughs> section, but uh, I was okay, to, captain. It's okay, even, captain. Even if you can't shoot this down, I'd have to roll very high to knock the shields down and cause a, a critical threshold. Oh, good. So try to. We don't have an engineer, so let's just try to. <sighs> so close. Fourteen on the dice. No, it's not going to do it. Wait, with the plus two? Well, Does the, that include the plus two? Plus two from the the, the computer. I from the computer. Yeah, the computer oh, bonus. Plus two. Twenty six. Twenty six. Yes, we did it. Do you have a plus ten normally? Or oh no, it's it's the point yeah. weapons. Thing, yeah, it's right? the point weapon is a plus ten. Oh so. goodness gracious! Ooh, that was so close Ooh, to I, I, I forgot <laughs> I took the computer for a second. That's why I was nodding so viciously. <laughs> I'm mad at Past Patrick for putting a a, a weapon that <laughs> de- defeats torpedoes on this thing. <laughs> like, why would you do that? You could have just had a 20 right now. Uh, oh. Okay, so both of those miss because one is shot down midair, and you've got uh, you've got this one off your your front arc now uh, within range of oh my goodness, one of the biggest weapons on the Terminus Wild. That twin laser. Oh, range 20 hexes. Jeez Louise. Uh, are we going to captain to uh, to provide a little motivation now? or Yeah. What do you want to do, Sprouts? Uh, encourage. All right. So that that's the Diplo one, right? Diplo. That's right. Dippy. Oh, yeah. And that's a 22, which is a success because the DC is 15. All of a sudden, Captain Sprouts is on Echo 7's shoulder. And what, what are you whispering <laughs> in his ear? Oh, I mean, I, right now, because I'm not trying to give any pressure, I'll just, just be like, you know, make you this, buddy. You came through on Suscalon, you can come through now. A tiny elf fan is like stroking the side of your face, Drew. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and, you, and you got one, you got a computer, right? There's there's a, it's a duo node, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. yep, there's one saved for you, Drew. So, so that's a plus, how can you, it's a plus two for that computer, right? Yep. Yes. How could you possibly mess this up, right? Oh, we'll see. <laughs> How dare you spoil this pet? Drew, last time you were in a ship, I think you rolled like three twenties. So if I think you're I think you're meant to be in a ship. Oh that's a five. I think you're meant to shut up, Tyler. That's a five plus five on five, the dice. Five on the dice plus five mm-hmm. for my bab and dex bonus plus two for the computer. So that's a twelve plus two for the uh, in, encourage. Encourage. So that's a fourteen. If I've done that math right. Yeah, that's a fail. <laughs> uh, AC on these guys of fifteen. 
Ooh. So close, but so far. Hey, hey guys, we all missed in turn one. Uh, let's go Yay. to turn two and wipe the taste out our mouths. Uh, Raz down an engineer and it's like, uh, nothing is really happening down here. Everything's a-okay. <laughs> I'm doing a great job, guys. <laughs> uh, oh, he's going to try and, and, and divert. Oh, no, no. Everything's going bad down in engineering. <laughs> He's hit himself with a socket wrench. And oh, boy. I'm, I'm figuring this out. I'll be back. I'll be back next turn. Uh, uh, helm phase. Um, actually, yeah, there's not a lot else we can do in science unless um, if you guys have any particular plan, like if you wanted to run, um, Xantos would suggest rebalancing shields to like throw points in the back, but it looks like we're we're staying here and fighting, which means he is going to do another new calm action. Ooh, called, let's see, uh, prioritize, prioritize calculation on the command terminal, suspending background computer tasks, and it gives a bonus to one crew station. One crew member attempting to check this round using the bonus from the ship's computer can increase that bonus by one. So one of the Mark II duo nodes bonuses is going to be a three this round. Nice. Because um, I believe he actually does this automatically. Let me just double check. That is a very great action. Um, yep. Yeah, so that's what he is going to do on his turn. And let's get back into Helm. Um, Tyler, was there anything you want to do of, as chief's mate here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am going to attempt the hard turn, uh, which this lets us. Uh, and I just imagine Devasho is just running around, just plucking all sorts of crazy things. And but if I succeed, the pilot can make one turn during the round, as though the maneuverability of the starship were improved by one step. So instead of having to move two squares, two. one. Okay, so that that moves you from three turns to four if you can succeed at this. Now the DC of it is. I'm guessing... 10 plus 1 and a half times the Starship Tear. So that's a, a 14 on... I'm guessing you're going to do athletics? Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. Get to turn in that wheel, boy. Oh! Oh, no. Yeah, that's a fail. But I did not fail by 10 or more. Toot, toot, kaboom. Toot, toot, kaboom. So, Devasho, not useful this round. Oh, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, no bonus there. Um, Rebecca, let's do that roll-off. All right. And I'm not going to roll one this time. You can't make me do that twice in a row with your voodoo magic. Ooh, ooh I've rolled a five, though. <laughs> it's still pretty 20. bad. Uh, yes. 20 from Zinnia. I'm moving first. And boy, howdy. Um, dun, dun. The, the one on your aft is going to try and keep you there-ish. Move here, and this one is actually going to um, stay where it's at, and I guess just fire at you, right? Yeah, maybe maybe we'll back off a little bit. Let's back back off a a roll. Is that a hard one? Back off is easy, right? It's not hard, but it, 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 I think it is a check. DC ten plus one and a half times tier. Yeah, um, back and uh, I think back off. What I was thinking about, you move at half speed. Yeah, yeah, not flip and burn where you get half speed. Um, so yeah, no, they they actually have a chance to fail this, so I'll roll that. Uh, okay, so this one makes it. He's just gonna back off a little bit, Pop. and you can you can move now. So they've they're keeping a good amount of distance between you and them. It looks like both of them are about ten hexes away. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So when I'm counting hexes, so I can move six. Does that include turns, or the turns don't count toward the six? 
So uh, like turn, I can go turns do not one, count. two. Okay. So one, two, turn, three, four, mm-hmm. turn, Correct. five, six. Okay. I mean, I could chase this one. Mm-hmm. And you guys can focus fire on one of them if you want. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of thinking, I mean, I chase this one to the left or to the right um, so that I can get some more distance between us and the one on the left. <laughs> if you're able to get within five range increments, um, you can also fire the laser nets. Um, yeah. As, as a weapon and not just a defensive weapon. So how many, how far? Five hexes. Okay. Go get, go give that Fleet Fury a hug. Yeah, I mean, I could just move right up to it, mm-hmm. just like right uh, there. I, yeah, I would recommend you evade if you're just gonna move your speed. Ooh, yeah, call. I'll do, I'll do that. Yeah. How do I evade? Evade's um, a, a simple one as well. It's uh, ten plus one half the the tier, so we're looking at a fourteen DC fourteen. All right, all right. So this is for the evade. Passing flying colors, <laughs> <laughs> flying. <laughs> Colors indeed. And just going to move right up to it. Um, it's still in our forward arc, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Both of you are still in the forward arc. Um, this other one is actually in your aft arc as well. So if, uh, it looks like we only have a couple of people left to do gunnery, unless the captain wants to jump on a gunnery uh, station. But that is up to you. We'll move into that phase now. Um, Miles. There are three potential guns on this thing. Now, it's up to you if you want to uh, just remain a captain or if you want to take up one of those Hmm. or do some other action. It's up to you. Uh, I'm going to remain a captain for now, Mm -hmm. uh, especially while we're one-on-one here. And what do you want to do? So I'm probably going to try to help Drew. Okay. Uh, With just uh, encourage? Yes. All right, that twin laser, if you can get it, get it working for you, is pretty major. I'll go ahead and fire it then. 17. Diplomacy is a go. Diplomacy is a go. Andrew, you're taking a, a computer, right? Yes, I'm taking a computer, so I've got Miles, the computer, and let's <clears> do this thing. Hopefully now, I you, roll a little do bit take? Do you want to take the optimized plus three computer this round? The what? There's both a plus three and now a plus two this round. Uh, to use for for the computers, so the, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that plus three. Santos Los, where he's like furiously typing in uh, to to maximize your guys's uh, Duonode computer. It's like <coughs> closing out of background windows. He's in like the task manager. Uh, he's <laughs> blowing into our drive. <laughs> he's like, you've got this. You've got this. Uh-huh. Echo seven. In the yeah, pipe. Go- five by five. Make that uh, make that tick there. Oh, oh, oh. oh it was almost a two. It, it, it joggled Woo. from the the uh, the eighteen to the two and then back to the eighteen. Did you guys see that? <laughs> yeah, yes. I did. Eighteen uh, on the I... dice is a hit. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh so with the twin laser, go ahead and roll five D five D eight. Sixteen Ooh. points of damage. All right, not not high on a five d eight, but I will tell you what, that is enough to get past two critical thresholds. Ooh, ouch, 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 ouch. Um, let's. Uh, oh well, we have another potential gun here with Trest uh, firing that laser net. So why don't you go ahead and do that before we roll all of our um, critical thresholds? All right, I'll do that right now. This is plus. Two. Wait, plus four. Because I'm taking one more uh, computer. Oh, yeah. Uh, 15. That'll do. 
And the laser net for this thing is, is that 2d6? 2d6, yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Ow. Three. Three. <laughs> oh, beans. Uh, making a 19 in total from you guys on this one. That is not going to give us another threshold, but it is two of them, which means let's go ahead and get to the the critical. Uh, can, can I roll one of these? Drew, will you let me roll one of these? Yes, you can roll one. Okay, you <laughs> so go first. 2d100. So the first one is going to be 49. 49 is a weapons array. Yes! <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so it only has a single arc containing weapons, which means it's going to be a glitching out. All right. Here comes the second one. 57. Oh, my goodness. Weapons array again. Yes! <laughs> well that, done, gunnery team. Well malfunctioning. Done. That will not apply this turn, unfortunately. But, oh, boy, that guy is it got a minus four. Oh boy! Yes. Okay. Um. Let me go ahead and fire their torpedo salvos. Now, once again, you can use the laser net in addition Mm -hmm. to to fire it in the same turn. So let's see how these numbers shake up against a seventeen. Oh gosh! I'm gonna shoot against that twenty. Another natural (laughs) twenty. And I will tell you, this this eleven is a hit too. Oh my goodness! Jabbar's. so How I rolled dare a, you. I rolled a 28 against that 20. Yes. How dare you, Jabert? Stop knocking away all my my 20s. Point uh, weapons, A plus, gang, A plus. <laughs> right, this, <laughs> this 11, though, is going to be hit on the aft. So let me, let me roll that damage. Uh, right in the aft. <laughs> 2d6. Uh, Do we have a song about that? <laughs> oh, no, it's 2d8. Oh, it's even deadlier than I thought. Let's do it. Ooh, 10 points of damage. Shields are down in the aft, but no right. damage to the hull. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, that is, that is oh. round two. Direct uh, hit to the aft hole. <laughs> uh, you guys are all set to turn three. Raz is in the back, and obviously, obviously, he's going to try uh, right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. restore don't points. Don't roll, right? don't roll. Don't roll yet. Yes. I'm thinking of trying. I think I might try to help Raz. Oh, my goodness. By diverting to the shields. What does he have to roll? He's just rolling flat, right? DC 14, yes. So he needs to roll 14. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay, so I think we should give Raz one of the nodes. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm, I'm thinking we try... Cause, so here's my thought. I can use maintenance panel X, and if I succeed and Raz succeeds, then he gets to use uh, the divert... Uh, they can choose two different systems instead of one. So he could do, uh, he could like divert to weapons and these shields or. Oh, that's so high. Shields. What, what do you have to roll I, for well, that? Just 15. Same. 10, one, 10 times one and a half. So uh, I'm thinking I try to do that for him and then and then see if we can't. Hopefully he rolls high. I'm sorry. What, what action were you looking to do for? The maintenance panel action. And uh, no, what did you want him to roll? You can only divert. Divert. Yeah. Divert. Yeah. Yeah. So he he can't divert to two things, right? No. This lets him divert to two things. Oh, what really? I, what, what I do lets him divert to two things. Oh That's my goodness! 
Yeah, and if he could divert to two things, then what I do lets him divert to three things, or if he could do three. Oh, oh, so it just gives you a bonus. Mm -hmm. uh, the, yeah. yeah, maintenance panel access. Uh, describe, uh, read what it says in the book here. It's hilarious. <laughs> You're like in uh, Jeffrey's tubes. <laughs> I know. This is, uh, you start ripping open access panels, turning secure <laughs> valves, and manually bypassing safety systems to help the engineer get more power out of their systems when they take the divert or overpower <laughs> action. Zelenon's uh, behind you as you're like tearing a, a bulkhead yeah. apart. He's like, oh, I don't yeah. think that's how starships work. Debasha was just I literally ripping off metal that. panels and just pulling. You know, like, I'm going to tell the captain <laughs> I'm a Samarian. It's okay. <laughs> oh, uh, goodness. Boy. Um, I don't know if you want to give him a node or not to try to help with passing, uh, but we're, yeah. we are, you know. It's up to you. Do you want to roll yours first? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess uh, that would be prudent. I, I can definitely fail this. Oh, what's the DC? I rolled I a 14. I think it is 14. Oh, nice. Okay, I barely passed it. Um, so if he can succeed. Uh, now, does Captain Marlowe want to give some wise words to Raz? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think he <laughs> is going to... What's your encouraging words to your favorite NPC, Miles? Intimidate. Oh. Intimidate. We're doing demand. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. It, <laughs> oh, intimidate. That's, yeah, it's, I'm sorry. I didn't roll intimidate. Uh, Intimidate's your better one, right? Oh, yes. It's a natural 20, so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, so, with, so, you can only do this. Um, the demand action once per person, but succeeding at it, which you did, um, gives him a plus four to this, this action. Uh, do you want me to take the computer now, or do you want to just roll with that plus four? Um, this is a question for the entire. Uh, what, is, what is what bonuses does he have now at this point? Nothing. It is plus, plus four. four. Plus, plus four. four. So d twenty yeah. plus four. It's a fifty fifty shot right now. <laughs> yeah, like he, all he has is the plus four I just gave him. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I, we, I mean, it's 50 50. I mean, I mean, Valhalla, guys. Valhalla. <laughs> All right, give so it to him. Plus give six. Him. Plus six, baby. <laughs> plus six. Let me roll. Come on, Raz. MVP Raz. <laughs> <laughs> Five. Five on the dice. <laughs> He's like, uh, Captain, I really have to cut what I'm, what I'm doing down here. He's like breaking a monitor with a uh, ratchet. Does Raz have a book one reroll? Oh, <laughs> definitely not. He's got a he's got a book one curse reroll where I have to reroll that and take the lower of the two. So uh, let's see here. I've rolled another five. He's rolled two. <laughs> um, he's slow but steady. That's the engineering phase, guys. Sometimes it don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, helm phase. Let's roll off, Rebecca. All right. Pyong. Oh, I rolled another flipping five, three in a row. Uh, I think you got Tyler's dice somehow, but okay. with all these fives. Let me check my desk. <laughs> uh, so that's a seventeen from Zinnia. This one's gonna try and back off again, and it does. And this one will try to evade. Which it does. I am, I'm great on these rolls, but not quite on anything else. Okay. And let's go here. Um, uh, it is, they're trying to keep you between these two ships. Um, and one is still on your front arc and one is still on your aft. Um, the aft is exposed now. I will, I will say that. Yeah. All things considered, considering our aft is exposed. I don't mm -hmm. like that term. 
Um, and <laughs> um, that, <laughs> Captain, our aft is unbuttoned. <laughs> the ship we have been attacking is now pretty much dead in the water because their weapons array is shot, right? Well, I can roll well, Rebecca. Calm down with dead in the water talk. I can roll I mean, very well. It's, it would take a very, very good roll to come back from two critical thresholds against the same I've rolled two weapons array, already. right? I've, I've rolled very well. Um, so I think that it would be prudent to turn around so that our forward arc is facing the other ship. Anyone feel strongly against this? I, I, I fair. I disagree. I think Ooh, we. Wow. Sh- I think we should maneuver to get our starboard arc pointed towards that ship, and and our forward arc pointed towards either if we can catch the the forward arc mm-hmm. of that ship or or their ports. I don't. That's an interesting that. idea, Drew. Next time you should put points into piloting. I'm with the <laughs> pilot. I, well, I, I think you're talking about a, a physical impossibility right now as uh, this. I don't think the ship can turn that. Well, no, it's pretty actually, slow. Yeah, actually, if you move forward and turn, that will that will put the ship behind you in your, your starboard arc. Uh, I see what you're saying, Drew. That will preclude you from using the aft weapon on the other ship. But um, we'll we'll cover your aft. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 up to you. I'm just thinking we've got mm. blood in the water, and I would rather take this ship out before they can repair its weapons. Then that's that's the prudent. It's a, uh, it's a fair point. Amranta, well, I mean, gunner. We talking. can still attack with our aft. I just want to make sure that our aft is pointing toward them. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that well, he's what he's saying is pointed away so that they would only be able to fire on your starboard which still has full shields mm-hmm. yeah but i mean i'm suggesting still having our ship between them just facing the opposite direction i, I guess because that because they wouldn't be able to well the, not they wouldn't easily. be able to fire on our aft so there's no danger in in showing it to them are you are you talking about a flip and burn rebecca <laughs> Yeah, I could flip oh. and burn, or I could just flip move. And um, burn, flip, flip and burn, burn. flip and okay, burn. I'll flip and burn. Flip I'll flip and burn. I always want to flip and burn. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm gonna flip and burn. This is actually the perfect time to do it. Um, so I can move half speed and turn 180 degrees. So I'm gonna move three. It's so hard. It's DC 19. Rebecca, you're crazy now. <laughs> we'll see if it goes off. Oh no! Oh, thank goodness it doesn't. Oh no! So yeah, I just we're going, don't turn. Yeah, right? we're going right back to where you were. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, so God, sweet. I'm sorry I failed you, crew. Gunnery turn three. Once again, Xantos Lotort is going to um, focus in on your counts console. Uh, Echo 7 is going to give you some enhanced targeting parameters to get this ship. So you're getting a plus one bonus to hit. Uh, this is another new thing called range finding. Ooh, plus one on uh, attack roll or skill check related to starship combat um we've already had our captain's order so let's let's get to shooting i'm gonna go first this round uh and fire on your front arc with a minus four to this uh this gunnery check oh it's not good (laughs) it's so bad oh three on the dice that goes wide (laughs) believe it or not and the the ship, the Fleet Fury that is on your aft, it's been rolling rocks, is... Oh, another natural. Oh, no. Oh, this is what you didn't want to see now. Oh, boy. Here we you go with a big... Can trust. Knock down. 
three of my <laughs> critical <laughs> hits. Three crits, baby. Three potential critical hits. They call hits. me all three crit trust. Can oh, you boy. do it three times and deny our Patreon subscribers <laughs> these three hits? I wonder if I should help. Trust. We, got, we, got, we got a plus two. Oh, you we already did, have a plus baby. two, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, you've got um, a plus. Uh, All right, Drew, how do you feel about this oh, guy? Never, well, you've only got one left, I should say. Right, right. Drew, you think you're going to hit this guy in front of us? I've got the bonus from what the other dude was doing, so yeah. Cool. Take you've it. got a plus one, so you want to take I'm gonna take. Two. I'm going to take a computer plus two here. Okay. Can Sprouts help too? No, Sprouts has already done his action. He's already demanded. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he intimidated that NPC. Here we I go. Need to roll low here to burn. Oh, oh, 23. Oh, that's not going to do it. Oh, no. Uh, excellent. So 2d8 coming at a exposed hull. And Xantos is, is there like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Brace for impact. 10 points of hull damage to the Terminus Wild as it is racked with a uh, torpedo hit on its like back fin. Does not cross your critical threshold here, but as I roll the 20, it does get a single critical damage to a system. So let me roll that D100, a 76. That is your engines. Uh, Condition applies to all pilot actions. So a minus two. Uh, it, it, it did hit that like back thruster that you were just fueling up, Rebecca. So glitching until that is fixed. Um, Which means forever because no one can fix it. I don't <laughs> think we have any other. Oh, no, uh, Drew, you still need to fire. Yes. Go ahead and hit this one that is in front of you. You got the plus one here. So that's a, an 18 to hit. Oh, yeah, that's a hit. All right. 5d8 damage coming at you again. Oh, goodness. I forgot how much this was. 15 points of damage. Oh, my. (laughs) It's so close to dead. You've done 34 points of damage against 35 hull points. Uh, But, hey, you've done two more, right? Yeah, two more critical thresholds, so let's roll those D1 hundos. All right, here we go. I swear to goodness, if you just take this thing's uh, guns out right now, I'm going to be so unhappy. 76. That's its engines. 15. 15 is sensors. Oh, thank goodness. It still has a chance. Because ah, after malfunctioning, it goes direct, and it wouldn't be able to fire. Um, okay, but it's now it's got a minus two pilot action. <laughs> Okay, um, that is turn three, I believe. Let's go to turn four. Um, <laughs> Raz, he's doing his best, folks. Come on, give it up for Raz, everybody. Uh, do you want him to try to fix the the engine or the uh, the thrusters, the the pilot uh, glitch? Uh, you might as well try. Yeah, might as well try. Awesome. Does anybody I'm... have any engineering that could sub in for him? That we no, put only our yeah, pilot. But... <laughs> I could try to to assist him, but... Or Devasho could try to go down there and smash buttons as as well as anybody else. I guess Devasho could go down there and try to divert if he tries to um, patch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Devasha will run down there. There's like alarms going off and everything, and he's not being very useful. <laughs> Rads is like, I don't know. I really don't know what's going on here, dude. Just try to patch these malfunctions, and I will divert power to the aft shield. 
Oh, so you're gonna try a different action? Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna try to do two different things. Okay. Because I mean, a plus two. I don't know if that's really <clears throat> good. <laughs> Does anybody want to take um, um, a computer bonus? No, we'll just raw roll it. All right, I'm gonna do that for Raz. <laughs> I rolled another five for Raz. Natural twenty on that divert. Oh, hey. Yeah, baby. Hey. You're diverting so, power to the shields? <laughs> yeah, Adros just like slams his moat into a computer and the moat Adros? just like... Adros? <laughs> shame. Adros oh, ain't doing that. on this ship, Tyler. Oh, and oh, shame oh on God, saying. there's a lizard on here. Get him out of here. <laughs> Kill him, quick. I was looking at some old season one notes. Um, <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. Devasho uh, just like slams his moat into a computer and it just like sparkles with dark energy. And oh, did you say Adrasso? Adrasso. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Devasho. Oh gosh, that creepy mashup. Um, so your your moat is helping you out here. You say? Yeah. And uh, we're whenever gonna... you roll natural twenty, it's like the moat did it. The moat did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely. Yeah. Devasho definitely did not. Do That's it. gonna get you a six. Uh, shield six. points back. Yeah, so uh, after he gains, uh, back to six. Cool, 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 cool. Um, helm phase. Let's do a roll off, Rebecca. And I have a negative two to this, right? Sadly, yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh, I rolled well for the first time. It's a twenty-four. Did you beat me? <gasps> yes, yes, I did. Just by <laughs> one. Oh. oh my goodness. Oh, I've rolled a seventeen. Thank Should have taken uh, a computer. <laughs> I know. And that means you're going to have to move first this round. All right. Um, Maybe to right there. Maybe like move forward and then turn into him. Like really close to him? I mean, yeah. That seems yeah. like a bomb puzzle I'll, move. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I love that because I remember, the, I remember the self-destruct stuff that almost killed us last time we tried. I know, that. but... Oh, well, you're... No, you're no, no, there's no I know, but... <laughs> there, There is no self-destruct on the Fleet Furies. <laughs> right? I yeah, was actually... Yeah, we, we know that from uh, from scanning them so good, right? Yeah, yeah you, you know everything about them. Yeah, I mean, I could just get right up on it. Mm-hmm. Almost yes. block it from going anywhere. The one that is almost destroyed, you want to just get all up in its its grill? Yeah, it can't, it can't shoot very easily anyway, right? True. It's got negative to piloting as well. Yeah, so I'm going to move here... Okay. All right. Wait, is that right? Is it in my arc there? Or my forward arc? Do I have to turn? Uh, it is. It doesn't matter because it's going to move. Okay. Oh, right. 10, 11, 12. We're all the way back, baby. And this one's going to move up on you. Both of them moving to put their front arcs towards your back. So, that. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, both of them, well, one of them within five, uh, hexes of your aft, um, basically, uh, back into like a chase position. Um, that is helm phase. Let's get to the gunnery once again. Um, oh, well, um, we can switch where you're on if you want, Drew. And um, Xantos will still give you a, a plus one bonus if you want to jump on. The aft of the Terminus Wild has a, a light plasma torpedo launcher. Yeah, I think I still want to, to, to sit in the forward arc where nothing is in front of me. No, let's get <laughs> on that aft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to help. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you go ahead. You go ahead. We've uh, we did we blast out the front arc of that one ship? There's no shields. Okay. Okay. So there aren't any shields. Um, yeah. They're, why, they're just. Do you they're mind just if blasted. I take the shot on 
that last on the one that we've knocked oh, yeah. down. Yes, yeah, so I do fact, less damage. Do, do that because I think this closer still, one is very weak. Yeah, the, yeah, and we're still in the same firing arc, right? Five because uh, it's five hexes for the turret or for the uh, for the torpedo launcher. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot way, at right. the uh, I'm gonna take a shot at the very wounded one, and we'll see how it goes. So I'm gonna take a take a compy take a computer for that computer bonus, and uh, you're gonna um, support Echo Seven Sprouts. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, let's just do. Right, so this is plus attack. four. Pooh. Yeah. Uh, don't even need to roll that damage because. But I'm gonna. One is gonna do it. Oh. <laughs> four damage. Uh, yeah, even this more one. More than one. This one will be destroyed on this turn. Um, let me roll its last torpedo, which it gets out right before it is blowed up. Bingo, bingo. Oh, a five on the dice. It fails terribly. Yes. Uh, that one's so sad. What is it Raz is. shooting their torpedoes? It's now dead. <laughs> Ouch. Um, I'm Bug Raz. <laughs> I've got this one left. Let me let me try. It's a rock fact. Try the shot now. Oh, no. A six on the dice for this other one. Um, let's see. It's against a 15. That is a miss, though. Shoot. Shoot Magoot. Okay. Um, go ahead, Captain Sprouts, and see if you can support your boy. Oh, jeez. I do. 20 on the Diplo. A plus five here, Drew? <laughs> Dear. Yeah, and do we still have a computer left? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the plus five. Uh, plus two plus from one, yeah. Sprouts. Plus two from computer. Plus one from Xantos. Whew. All right. Let's do this, Drew. Nice. That's a 19 on the dice. That's a 29 to hit. Uh, yeah, of course that's a hit. Oh, I forgot to to shout out one of our patrons when I rolled that twenty that finally got through. <laughs> <laughs> so so used to being like, uh, oh, oh, never mind. Uh, thank you, Ice King Exion, uh, for for your support on Patreon.com. Uh, for those of you who are not supporters yet, oh, we got some fun stuff in the works in the future. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, there's a, a poll that's uh, just finished. Um, and we're gonna have some new content there for the $400 tier. Uh, that's hit true roll. Gosh, 3d8. Oh, only a measly 3d8. Ugh. Oh, it's so much. 12 points of damage. All right, and that is a single critical threshold. So go ahead and roll d100. Oh, I do love doing this. I I love starships that don't have shields because it's like. <laughs> Big explosions, the guns are glitching all over the place. That's a 38 on the D-Hundo. Speaking of guns glitching all over the place, minus two to this one's weapons, and that is the end of turn four. Turn five! Raz has got to do something, right? This, <laughs> this starship combat. <laughs> I believe in you, Raz. Uh, he's going he's gonna to try and fix the glitch. He's got it. He's totally got it. Oh, I've got it. Succeed. Yes! Nice. Yay. <laughs> let's keep it. Let's keep it going. And do we have another Devasho divert? Devasho divert. You got this, Devasho. Devasho divert. No, oh, Devasho oh, does no. not divert. <laughs> Six on the dice. <laughs> oh, oh no, he airlocked Raz. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and skip on to Helm phase and do the supposed roll. You are no longer glitching. Uh, for the pilot and check here, Rebecca. Sweet. And I've rolled a three. So <laughs> I'm going to go first and it's going to try to back off. 
and it fails the back off, right? No, I think it just needs an 11. So I've rolled a four on the dice, thank goodness. Let me double check that. Back off is 10 plus one and a half the tier. Okay, so I've just made the back off and it will beep, bop, boop, bop, boop. Move back about six hexes, uh, keeping its front arc um, angled towards your aft. Um, go ahead and move. All right. Uh, Flip and burn. Flip and burn. <laughs> I mean, I could just turn in place. I mean, I mean you could also the... just do that. Yeah, that's. All. I, I suppose that's true. I would love um, to get out of this thing's firing arc. Because don't we know that they only have weapons on their forward arc? Yeah, flip and burn. It says move at half speed and turn 180. Oh. Well, you move at half speed and at the end you turn 180. Right. right. Oh, oh, so you can't flip and then move. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, turn in place is just as good, I guess. So. Turn, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Oh, there's no skill check. Yeah, I'm just going to turn it in place. <laughs> so, just, you want to take a, yep. a plus two from the computers on that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I imagine this huge cruise ship just like very slowly <laughs> turning. <laughs> We're not wasting any fuel on a flipping burn. <laughs> Turn around, guys. Uh, okay, let's, uh, Captain, are you encouraging or do you want to demand this round? Um, Yell in Echo 7's ear. <laughs> no, I mean, Echo 7 performed last time, so I'm just going to continue to encourage. Okay. Whew. 23. Knocking, knocking these dice rolls out. 17 on the dice. Um... Let me, I'll roll my attack first. What happens? A minus two. Oh, a three on the dice. Great. Flea Furies are amazing. <laughs> uh, that is a miss. Go ahead and, and roll. Uh, we are in the front arc and you, um, Trest, if you want, you can jump on. There is another. Oh, there's uh, a second arc. gun in the front arc. Yeah. Uh, there's it's a gyro laser. It's five hexes. So you're going to have some negatives there. Okay. Well, the turret's right. five hexes too, so I might as well. I might as well. Yeah, oh, with but with a the, point with a point weapon, you can't fire out of your first arc. Yeah, so. yeah. It's 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 like a very short range. Whereas yeah. this can, it's just going to be a minus four dress. All right, it's a minus four. So, so I'm I'm rolling plus two, minus four. So technically a minus two. Here we go. What did you want to take the computer? Yep. Oh. oh, well, then that would just be a straight die roll. Oh, right. Hooray, a 15. <laughs> That's a hit. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Oh, boy. Roll. All right. Here comes Roll. a D8. Eight. Oh, man. Eight. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. Well done. That's uh, that's another critical threshold. Go ahead and roll it. Huzzah. <laughs> I'm helping. 92. Uh, that is going to be uh, the power core. Yes. <laughs> Don't want any more of those. Um, Drew, go ahead and make your attack now at a plus five again. Plus Goodness. five. Uh, yeah, because that's with the computer, right? Yep. <laughs> 19 on the dice. Another 29 hit. <laughs> go ahead and roll it. 5d8. 5d8. 22 points of damage. Oh, yeah. And it goes up in a ball of flame. <laughs> multiple hits this round. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. How much did it have left? I think it had 17 or 18. Oof. And that one shot will indeed light it up. Light up a little puff of, of light in the in the night sky here. And we're out of combat. Woo! 
Well yeah, done, team. team. Good, Good job, work. gang. I, I go down. I go down below deck, and I give uh, Raz a high five, just like <laughs> you know, like a like a good game high five. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it explodes. There's a small little yellow orb uh, out above, kind of um, planet Susculin behind you, and yeah, its wreckage just joins th- hundreds of other ships out there. That one's street. for Linmari. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, as you all get free of this and catch your breath, uh, Xantos says, uh, well, we, we've taken some damage here, but are in good shape. Uh, we might be limping the, the west of the way until Ultranius without a drift drive, though. Um, uh, Zinni, as I was saying before the swarm interrupted, uh, well, what's the fastest route you can plot? What is the fastest route that I can plot? Yeah, you don't you don't know this as you weren't a pilot before. It's a, a DC fifteen to plot a course within the system. Um, so go ahead and make me that piloting check now. Fifteen. I don't think you can. Eighteen. Don't think you can fail this um, bad enough to to where it takes longer. Plotting a bad course. Uh, that is a success. So go ahead and roll me a D six. Two. Uh, the route you plot through the system um, using like the the gravity of Susculin to kind of slingshot you over there is going to take four days to reach the the nearest planet in the system where the majority of Susculin, including the SDF command structure, has evacuated to. So four days from now. Okay, can we hook up the drift drive that's in the box? Um, you can try. It did seem like, I mean, they sent it back for a reason, so it might need to be repaired. Um, that's something you can can look at. Those of you who are engineering minded, I will say, you know, you are a little more exposed when you're not in the drift um, and just using your your standard engines. Um, I, I'm going to go downstairs and start distributing some of uh, some rations mm-hmm. to some of the the uh, uh, the evacuees, the evacuees that we have on board. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, make sure that everybody's fed and make sure everybody is, uh, I mean, if not happy, at least uh, not angry. Oh, they seem pretty happy. Kogori <laughs> Gishi is, is there, the council person, who's like, oh, we, you all won. You did such a great job. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, of course, yes. It was, uh, it was mostly, mostly a team effort, although a great deal of leadership from yours truly and don't tell the others i said that because uh it was uh they 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 feel very self-conscious about how little uh, they get back to work oh oh yes sir right away sir and i'd hop to <laughs> i imagine you're uh shouting down from the the top of the stairs sprouts <laughs> over in the uh the the back in the the hangar uh or what is this room I think, called uh, i think Devasha would probably come up to Zinnia at some point and say, I have sent you a, I have sent you a map of the starship with points pointed out where I have ripped out strategic systems <laughs> as I tried to manufacture some power out of the ship. I apologize, but they will probably need to be repaired. <laughs> Zinnia lets out an audible sigh and sets off to repair the damage. Have you guys ever seen a truck starship before? It's just like panels open all over the place. Uh, <laughs> Santos comes up. Uh, oh, I was going to say Santos comes up behind Sprouts real quick and says, uh, uh, if you indeed do plan to captain this vessel, uh, perhaps you should tell these passengers your plan. You know, how is it you suppose we're going to be able to make it back to Ultranius safe and sound? Huh, Marlo? <clears throat> uh, I'm trying to think a little more what uh, Sprouts would say. 
to him, uh, what do you mean if I plan on captaining? You just saw what we did just now, didn't you? I saw you acting on the bridge, but that's not what leadership is. You're going to have to assure these people that they're going to be all right. Do you have that in you? I'll take care of it. Don't you worry. You do your job and I'll do mine. Um, Drew, I interrupted. What, what did you say for Echo 7? Uh, Echo 7 was just going to go down to, to Raz and say, you know, you could be the caddywampus of this season. Wow, we, we went back just for that. That was the joke at that point. That was a great joke at that point. Just let it go. Real goofable. <laughs> Would have been good in the moment, but <laughs> there we, it, that ship sailed. Uh, as as you get to walking off, Sprout Xantos says, uh, just as I thought, sir. Uh, you all were just winging everything. I can't believe you made it off the planet alive with that mentality. Uh, I'm sick of the SCF just doing a good enough job. Am I supposed to place my life in your hands? You're not you dead okay? yet, are you? Sorry. Mm-hmm. You're not dead yet, are you? Not yet, no, but... Then shut your mouth and we'll keep it that way. You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that when I... Well, I, I've just got one thing to say to you, Marlo. To be continued. <laughs> I was about to say Sprouts walks away. <laughs> no, let me say that's quick. The episode goes on forever unless I do. Uh, just kidding. The episode doesn't go on forever. This is technically the end, but not really, because uh, in addition to it being the end of the episode, the end of the book is also a level up for you guys. Hey! Right. Level oh, three, yeah. not a big one at all in Starfinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, almost nobody gets weapon specialization at level three. <laughs> um, not if you multi-class like a cool kid, I suppose. Unlike past level ups, I thought um, before this episode wraps up, we just take a quick moment and talk about your guys' new abilities instead of the beginning of the next episode <laughs> because you've you've had some time. You knew this was coming as I, I told you this was going to be the last episode of the, of the book. Um, and so, yeah, just one thing about your character. Everyone's getting a little more powerful. I understand that. Everyone gets a feat level three. Um, who's got a cool ability or feat that you want to shout out? Uh, I've got a pretty cool ability. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so my... Uh, my connection my mystic connection improves uh, hmm. so the warmonger mystic gets a new connection which is summon reinforcements which oh. sort of buffs up the uh, uh the summon creature right spell. right right um so uh if you use summon creature to summon like multiple creatures uh mm-hmm. you they each get like sort of like a plus one to ac and to hit the saves and so they get a little buff um uh, but additionally, if I spend an RP when I cast the spell, I can cast it as a standard instead of a oh. instead of a full round action. So you're moving in and just <laughs> oh, and they would pop in like that. They turn? pop in on the round, yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's like you, that's you a could pretty get major difference. In. Yeah, it's pretty huge. Yeah, yikes! And so well. so it's it's a it's a fun one. I'm I'm excited to play with it. <laughs> I thought you were joking because before we started recording, you said you were just taking toughness as a feat. I was like, okay, well, that, I mean, uh, I mean that wants, too, but you know, <laughs> who wants to follow that up? Um, well, I'm. I'm taking a, a feat that I haven't, I don't think I've, I've used before. And I don't think anyone in the podcast has used before yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, three point stance. Hmm. Uh, What's that? What so, would it be? Uh, 
you have learned the value of using an extra limb to help stabilize yourself in combat. As long as you have one free hand, not being used to build a weapon or hold anything, you take 1d6 less damage from falls and do not fall prone when you take damage from a fall unless you are unconscious. Which, hmm. that in and of itself is not bad, but... For this, for this uh, AP, you also gain a plus two to your KAC against grapple and trip attempts when you have a free hand, as well as to acrobatics and athletic checks to move in zero G. And since I have an L fan, I always have a free hand. Yeah, cool. it's a little, it's a little cheaty <laughs> to have this uh, octopus thing on your back, but uh, yeah, no, that that um, honestly, even even the falling and, and not. Uh, falling prone it's pretty great um, that's good but because we've had the the dredgers and stuff oh, and yeah yeah I've, things I've, trying to grab uh, onto you a ton yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a good call um cool 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 My, mine's really boring so i'll go next uh Tumblr. i my feet is improved on arm strike it gives me some extra bonus but i have to hit level four so it doesn't do anything at this level so bye Boo. <laughs> <laughs> improved on arm strike is uh uh it, it, you can take it at level three, but what, what, why doesn't it do anything? Because uh, it increases your unarmed attack damage at level four. Oh, 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 Le- oh, level three. I mean, you can take it. You, I could have taken it at level one or whatever. Uh, gotcha. Because w- what it really does is make your attacks lethal, but mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, cool. Uh, but which is why you might take it at level one. But for me, with the shield, it really all it really does is once I do hit level four, instead of doing the one d three damage with the shield, I'll be doing one d six. This is a little more proactive than yeah. anything else. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I don't want to wait. Otherwise, I have to wait until what level five to get it. Cool. So I'm, I'm, did did Solarian give you anything cool or sidereal influence? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alindra used No, she never used that. Hey, she's in book two when it was appropriate. Um what about an Echo Seven or uh Zinia? I can go. I mine is also pretty boring, um, but I did want to say that as an operative, and this applies to Miles as well, our trick attack uh damage goes up to one D eight at this level. Yeah. So. Goodness gracious. That's yeah. exciting. Awesome. So good. Yeah, that that more than makes up that for your weapon specialization only being like a plus one damage because you can yeah. still do potentially more than most everyone else. Uh, uh, out, out of curiosity, what uh, what feat you pick up? Mobility. Oh, good call. Because That's I'm awesome. always flying away and getting attacks of opportunity on me, so <laughs> figured I'd give myself a bonus. <laughs> Drew, Echo 7, what you got? Uh, so soldiers get their first gear boost at level 3. Oh, yes, mm. yes, 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 yes. And I am looking right now at doing something from the uh, character operations manual called Nimble Juggernaut. So oh. what Nimble Juggernaut yeah. does, it, it reduces your armor check penalty for armor uh, by 1. Uh, to a minimum of zero. And it also, if you have any speed uh, adjustments, it reduces that by five. So if you're wearing armor like Echo 7's currently wearing, that's a minus 10 speed adjustment. Mm-hmm. He would get a minus five and minus one to that armor check penalty. But okay. Echo 7's an Amaranta. And that stacks with his racial bonuses. Mm. So I will now get oh. a minus 10 to the, the penalty to the penalty yeah. and a minus two to the armor check penalty that's pretty great that, that's 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 pretty dope yeah basically you have like no penalty for for wearing heavy armor it's like you are the heavy armor 
Yeah. yeah, I am the armor. I'm the armor man. And That's you're very, awesome. you're so very mobile. Um, you have a 30 foot movement, so get yeah. around that battlefield, get those good shots that you need. Uh, uh, if I could say one more thing while mm-hmm. we're on the subject of new things we get, uh, I am picking up a new spell from the uh, Near Space book that just came out, <gasps> like like within like a day or so of this being recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm picking up Defrex Hardiness. Oh my goodness i i shouldn't have pointed that out to you how good it is it's so amazing it's so good what is it it's specifically it's for like melee mystics yeah it's great (laughs) it's a it's a it's a it's a range touch spell you cast it and you touch somebody and they get uh, a damage reduction equal to um caster level uh, your caster level so um there's no cap on it either (laughs) right in addition to that uh you also, uh, the person who gets it cast on them also gets like a spikiness, and I forget what the damage is, but like I think anyone it's, who like attacks you with like like natural level as well. Attacks. Yeah, really. I think so. I think that's Ooh. well. And so the the drawback for the spell is it's minutes per level, um, but still. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you know you're about Ill. to walk into a fight, you can just like be like, "Well, oh, so all good. those all those dredgers, dredgers. If they yeah. You, yeah, they're just taking automatic damage every yeah. time they stay attached. So it's like the anti dredger. Yeah, you're like a real spiky friend. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, it's a good thing that you will never face another dredger for the rest of this campaign. They're all on Susklin, and that's behind no. you now. So let's <laughs> let's go for those flying ranged aliens that are going to shoot you <laughs> from above and, uh, and grapple Zinnia in, in, in the air. Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I told you guys, yeah, near space was coming out. Just, that's when you're getting ready to level up. Um, so if, if anybody want to take options, that was an option for us. Such a cool book. I, I can't wait to uh, consume it completely. And uh, well, I really can't wait to do some adventuring in the Viscarium in the Starfinder world. But uh, that is not in the cards for your characters as you're going to Ultranius next. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you for playing. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, thank you. Everyone out there, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Cheers, folks. Good night. Good night. Get home safe. <laughs>
It's our pleasure. Room in the schedule. Yeah, no, thank you for fitting us uh, into your schedule. Thank you for being so humble for the entire. (laughs) (laughs) You know, to be honest, I thought I did really well. You You did. You actually did. (laughs) When I was not humble about writing Faye the Fifth is when I was writing it and I couldn't talk to anyone about it. I was like, oh, I was so jazzed and so excited. And and we you know we have you write those so far in advance. Sometimes that is yeah yeah it can be a real tough uh, tough to hold hold that information in. But you can always <laughs> talk to your developer, which in this case was me. Um, yes. So Patrick, we a, let's a lot of conversation. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know your experience in writing this. Uh, you know the, the rest of you, if you have any questions about any particular encounters and thoughts, uh, and if you want to ever, <laughs> of course, ask me uh, why I might have changed something, um, I'll be <laughs> oh. happy to. <laughs> oh, they are. They have some very think, pointed questions. I think there's one change in particular we'd like to talk about. <laughs> now keep in mind that uh, uh, because I am just a, a mere humble listener of the Cosmic Crit podcast, I am not quite up to the end of the book for uh, that you've recorded mm. so far. So, oh, don't um, worry. I don't. You've probably already listened to the Force March. <laughs> oh, the Force oh, March. Yeah. Well, should we yeah. should we talk about that first? I, I didn't think it was that bad. Sure. Uh, Patrick, I do want to I do want to open with a question that I have asked to most of the the AP writers that we that we have on here. Um, <laughs> I know what it is. Who do you think you are? How dare you? <laughs> that that was basically you? what I think. What all of us were waiting to open with was first of all, how dare you? <laughs> uh, Question one, how dare you? And question two, who do you think you are? Uh, those those are classic ones. Uh, I think I'm Patrick. And um, as as I, I talked to Jason about this when, when um, we, we started this process two years ago, um, I started playing with you guys in a homebrew game. And I tried to put myself back in that mind frame of like, okay, well, what kind of adventure things, mystery things, would there be in the the Avenger path that specifically Drew and Rebecca and, and Miles Burt and Tyler would be like, oh, wow. And a lot of that experience um, I got from playing with you guys for the last three years. So specifically playing through the other uh, Adventure Paths that we've done and Starfinder scenarios and, and what have you. I, I do have a question, honestly, for the both of you. Uh, for for Fate of the Fifth and, and really for this uh, entire campaign so far, it's pointedly more difficult than the prior two that we had played. Uh, to, to me, as a level one player and as a relatively new player, was that a conscious effort? Patrick, I'm sure it was on your part, but uh, Jason, was that a conscious effort to have something that was a little bit more advanced come out? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I, at the, when writing up the outline for the entire AP, I definitely wanted this first volume to be bleak. Uh, that you, you know. What happens at the end is that, you know, things don't go super great. Everyone, you know, players should continue on and, and live and whatnot. But uh, the fate of the fifth, um, uh, it ends up being not great. <laughs> so that uh, it becomes difficult so that later on, and you'll hopefully experience this, when you get to do things that make you feel really like uh, big uh, damn heroes, then um, you'll, 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 it'll, it'll be all the sweeter. And- I, I've definitely gotten that, especially as, you know, even as we've leveled up a little bit, but just as far as the storytelling goes with this volume, it puts you in situations where you do have to make kind of tough calls or calls that could potentially derail your entire party. Mm. And I mean, there's a lot of cool things to do and a lot of, I, I think, a lot of choices that feel a lot more weighty 
than they have in the past. And that's not to put down any prior campaign or book that we played. It's just these carried a lot more. Well, you could go this way or you could go that way. And they both might kill you. <laughs> sure. It's war, you know, right. it's heck. War is H-E double hockey sticks. It never changes as well. And this does kind of speak to, Patrick, I think kind of your forte in these bleak uh, science fiction stories, because that tends to be what what you like the most. So when you were talking, Mm. I know at the beginning of the book, you talked about how you went back and looked at a lot of war movies and a couple science fiction films. Were you you wanting to give a experience that... I don't know what I want to say, but like wore out the players. <laughs> well, so yeah, that was kind of a mission um, to, to peel back the curtain a little bit. And we've talked to other Paizo uh, authors, AP authors about this. They get uh, like a, um, a page outline or so a couple page outline of like some major beats uh, of what's going to happen. And you know, the long and short of fate of the fifth was the players retreat. They lose and they kind of, they go, they go back, and eventually, uh, they leave the planet. <laughs> so, right. Um, uh, w- one of the things I added to that was, uh, uh, I'm, you know, kind of developed the the planet Suskelin to be uh, a planet of extremes, and uh, I, I went back to real life, you know, wars when it gets the absolute most difficult, and that's during the winter time. So it's like, let's set it during the winter, and I was like, kind of wanted to do that because the previous AP is set on the sun. <laughs> so it's yeah. a lot of very like uh, hot fire motifs. So I wanted to immediately cool it down uh, when the, the art for Fate of the fifth and the entire venture path came back and it was like a kind of a blue and green um, motif. I was very excited. Cause I was like, all right, that, <laughs> that kind of is, is a nice contrast to Donna flame. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think the 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 bleakness was already in the idea of the outline of what's the fate of the fifth. It's decimated, you know. At the end of it, you guys are probably some of the last fifth battalion members, and you're some of the last to get off the planet alive. So I want to just sort of jump in and, and sort of tweak my own cleverness horn, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. Um, I don't know if you probably told to you, Patrick, but uh, obviously there's the fifth battalion, and that's most likely where most people will think of what fate of the fifth mm. means. But Susquehanna is also the fifth planet of the solar system. Oh! So I, I did that little double meaning there that I hope people catch up Toot-toot. on. Yeah, <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> Kaboom! Well, that, that's something I wondered if the players got, or when they got that um, in, the, in the first part, did you guys think that Susquehanna was just going to be out of the, the campaign, just... Taking no, I, I really thought we were going to be on Suscalon for at least two books. I, I I thought we were going to honestly find out more of why the swarm came to Suscalon. Oh, oh, you'll find out which, more which stuff. I but. just I just I, I thought it was strange that this entire time we we went through this whole situation, this whole scenario, and we don't get an answer to that. Like we know that the swarm are there, but that's ultimately not exactly the the point of what the character's doing. So that's all kind of, you know, Drew as a person playing the campaign. I want to know all these details, but the characters, they have a mission. They're going to do that mission. And the rest of that is story that will hopefully get told at some point. But well, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. J- Jason was kind enough to allow, uh, put in some of a little, not spoilers, but little um, hints and um, I don't know. Foreshadowing. Yeah, I gotta have that foreshadowing. A lot of foreshadowing. Yeah, a lot of foreshadowing of what's going on. Um, 
and I'm honestly any GM who runs this campaign can go through and read the other five books and, and do more if they want. Um, I have a, I have like maybe a little bit more uh, that that will be be coming, but it is a greater mystery why Susquehan. Uh, why, why in in such with such speed? What's what's happening psychically on the planet? Yeah, let's. Um, I mean, can we get into some more like details about that? Just a little well, bit. You can, um, but can. you're not well, going to. I mean, just talk about. I'm talking more about foreshadowing. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just talking about like the foreshadowing of yeah. it because I'm sp- specifically. Let's talk about the Temple of Hylax. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Zeno Zelenam. Um, so that was a very interesting thing because oftentimes as a player, you know, when you run into an NPC who's at a specific location and that NPC says, I think there's something important about this place. I don't want to leave it. You know, as players, you're like, okay, I got to figure out what is going on with this place and then try to resolve that before we leave. But that just doesn't seem to be a choice. Like, I mean, I don't know if we just failed that puzzle. And uh, Jason, I don't know if you're at the, if you've listened to the part where we went to the temple, but then Rebecca pulls a crazy lady on us and just chips. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, Patrick told me about that. I had not that that's, episode, but yeah, yeah, that, that's coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm interested if if that was kind of like that temple when you're building a scenario like that when you're I mean that seems like a foreshadowing bit something about that location and that temple and the swarm reacting to that. Um, were you when you build that out? Were you really trying to build this kind of build the mystery of why the swarm are here and why they're going? for these specific locations um i mean i'm just trying to think about like how how you go around and build uh a scenario like that <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's a good question uh, a lot of times when i do a big uh, you know do an outline for an ap sometimes i do maybe forget a foreshadowing bit or a bit here and there that i have to work in later on after i've gotten all the six of the pieces together to to to, to stitch them up uh, but for the most part like uh, like how you, how you do this is you start at the end right i know what the ending of the adventure path is going to be and what the goal is of this one, right? So I can just sort of work backwards from there and get the, hopefully, get enough or at least uh, teasers enough that when you see the end, you can look back on the beginning and go, oh, that makes a little more sense now. Um, right. I think the reason that the that Fate of the Fifth is mostly about that sort of the survival and the evacuation is because I wanted to focus on that, not necessarily the mystery just yet. And because as first level, second level characters in a war and an army, you're grunts. You're not. You're generally not given that information, right? So right. it's something you've got to eventually. I'm going to tell you. Eventually, it'll get sussed out some way or another. Yeah, I feel like if you're level ten characters, you'd be like, "We're fortifying this location, and we're going to sure. do it against all the swarm." But yeah, in in Admiral context, Echo Seven. <laughs> in the context of this story, there's nothing you can do, and and you did what you're supposed to do. Uh, spoilers, where you're trying to convince this priest to to give up you know uh his his what he thinks his calling is and where he's lived for many years um which is something that happens in war um uh so yeah yeah um whose idea was the force march uh, I'm pretty sure it was in the was, outline. Was it? And, and I wanted it to be tough. I mean, I think oh, Pat, Pat, Patrick, not. you definitely <laughs> no. definitely get in there. I mean, like sort of threw it all in there, right? And it's just like, they have to retreat. And you're like, I'm gonna make them do a forced march. I'm like, I love the sound of that. Well, there there's actually uh, w- one of the things in developing um, for the the up the outline up where I, I turned in um, kind of a, a a more fleshed out version of it as kind of like yeah. a. Um, a uh, a general first draft of like uh, bullet points of what happens. I went through the core rule book and I was like, okay, what rules haven't really been used 
um, in the APs so far for monsters, for players, uh, things like that. Um, obviously, like cold dangers and things like that have been used, but I, I don't think Force March specifically had been uh, a big of, of many of them. Uh, I mean, there's definitely points where uh, GMs can add those rules in because players are walking for X amount of right, hours yeah. per day. Um, like the jungles of um, of Kestrevel. of Kestrevel in book two. Yeah. That's but, what um, I was thinking of as a comparison. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I, 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 I just uh, looked, looked for things that hadn't been done yet. Um, and yeah, force March. I was like, well, that's, that's the most soldier thing I can think of. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it might've been suggested in the outline, but I was like, Oh, this is definitely going to be a part of this, like opening third of the, the book. By the way, look at us trying to blame each other kind of force march. So that actually brings me to a, to a question. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Patrick, go ahead and then I'll ask. No, 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 no. You, you, is it about the force march? No, it was, it's, it, it's not about All the right. force march. So, so ju- just on the force march, I definitely uh, <laughs> uh, turned in rules that I, I, I hoped were going to get used about how long the, the force march went on and they were changed uh in editorial for great reason uh my suggestion was a variable hour or uh, amount of time that they would have to be under force march for gms to use and be like oh well maybe they can take a little bit more yada yada but that doesn't work when you're talking about the amount of distance a player party can travel Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's really hard to plan for that because what if someone chooses a moral amount in heavy armor and only has a, a, <laughs> a speed of 15? Yeah. Um, it, it makes a 24 hour uh, or 24 no. mile march. Very you take it off. You have to take all that off. <laughs> take you, gotta, off. you gotta go. You're flippering I mean, through the, I, the wilderness. I think it was such a good decision. Um, I know we we hate on it here because it was hard, and, um, yeah. and but it's all yeah, miles. <laughs> yeah, oh, miles. Yeah, you have no say. Uh, but I mean, going back to what you guys were saying about uh, bleakness, I mean, there is nothing more bleak than when pretty much right out of the gate of an AP, you're doing a rule set you aren't probably definitely not familiar with. Oh, I, I wasn't at all. Any player was familiar with Forest March rules, and for a character like my character who only had three resolve points at the beginning and you're just watching though you're like i'm barely through this book and i have no rp i'm out i have one i can stabilize and that's all i could do it's terrifying because you know like like let's just compare it to the beginning of books uh, of dead sons where you fight what you fight some gang members and for the most part they're just human gang members that you just kind of i mean that Adros just beat on and I, I don't think I, used an R, I don't think I used an RP from the beginning of the book up until like the end of the Ferrani Nadaz fight versus oh. in, in Fate of the Fifth. It was just like, okay, the book starts. Okay, the dredgers, two dredgers on you. You burn an RP to stabilize or to uh, to get back your stamina. Okay, Force March, you just burn an yeah. RP left and right. But I feel like <laughs> that was a great also, way to set up bleakness. I feel like that was also true in the uh, I guess the Aeon Throne uh, that it seemed harder. Like Dead Sons, when you look at it, is a campaign that went to a lot more places, did a lot more stuff to show the breadth of what Starfinder can be. And and since then we've been going on these very focused campaigns, and this is just maybe the most focused that we've been on as far as an AP book is concerned, because we really go to two places in this entire campaign. Maybe three. We go to 
Brunoa, Fort Gallant, and Rios. And the prison. Rio. Oh, but, well, well, but even the prison is is on the list. way to the the main <laughs> thing, and and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of hunkered down. There's not a lot of NPCs outside of the places that you go. You know, there's there's you're you're not really talking to to new people in different spots. You're just kind of going and doing the mission. And well, it's you're, yeah, you're soldiers, and you have one job, and that's to to mm-hmm. protect people and, and fight the enemy. So, <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. So, so I, you I, get other jobs in the future for sure. Other other <laughs> missions. Uh, I, I would like to ask a question, uh, and, and sort of aside from the Force March, because I would like to know two things. What are the th- what's the one thing that Patrick wanted to include that was considered too difficult, if anything? And what did Patrick put in that was not difficult enough, and the difficulty spike had to be raised? Outside oh, of the boy. March. Yeah, you're uh, you're asking a question of something that is over a year. Something I did <laughs> it's over a, while a year ago. It's a, while ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, so, so, yeah. Or, or I, I, I will can... say, I will expand that to what did Patrick want to include that got cut in editing? Uh, I can I can answer because I, I remember yeah. what uh, Rob McCreary said was uh, way too tough of a fight, <laughs> which was the um, the the last fight in the hangar bay. Oh yeah. Um, my suggestion was to just have sw- just swarm dredgers coming in like every round, like maybe a new one every round. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, to, it would make sense. Or, like every other round, yeah, because they're they're there and they're just like filtering through. Um, but I don't think I had the Vorfoma originally in that fight, maybe, or uh, I think it was just dredgers and that Corvox. And at that point, my hope was <laughs> dredgers are not that much of a a problem for you guys to to handle. So. Yeah, it's a weird, it's it, it, it becomes a, a question of this or that. Specifically, you know, there's a CR, and even though they're like one half, and and, and enough of them is still too much of them. <laughs> yeah, and if, if we're even for second level characters, not even like third I mean, level. Yeah. You 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 make that a time fight and not a beat all the bad yeah. guys fight. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, and that's what it ended up uh, being. Um, I will say in in regards to dredgers, since we're kind of on them, dredgers feel different than any CR half I've ever <laughs> seen in Starfinder. I mean, what are oh, others? What are some other comparable like half CR? Um, oh, um, sure. from from in, I guess Starfinder, the Aeon yeah. Throne, the cadets uh, were half CR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I could punch around seven cadets, no problem. <laughs> just like just slap them around. But three dredgers terrify me because oh, yeah. of that stupid attachability. Like, what a what a great ability that takes. Like, because normally when you have like a grunt, uh, like a grunt uh, monster, once you get to a certain level, that monster just becomes superfluous. It doesn't matter if you throw ten of them at them; they're just going to die in one shot. They're mostly just kind of annoying. But dredgers. It's like once you kind of if you get two or three of them attached to you, it's super annoying and it's super problematic. Um, oh, yeah. Even it, if statistically they're not that bad, I think the I think the the mental aspect of just like I have three creatures I have three creatures attached to me is like panic inducing. So oh Tyler Tyler Tyler, wait until book three. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you don't like things attaching to you. Is that what you said, Tyler? We will well, remember this day, Jason Keeley. We will remember it. Time. It's less about this, that, and more about the uh, just, just you'll you, yeah. you'll see some dredgers again. Oh yeah, yeah oh, no, they're they're not going anywhere. Not going so. anywhere. And that's uh, good. I like them. But these are dredgers that dredge on each other, and then they form a super dredger, like a <laughs> megazord, but dredgers. 
I'll, I'll throw in just like oh, five or boy. six in every fight in in the later books as well for you guys to like you know one hit kill immediately. And, and, I mean that's that's the thing. Tyler is playing a Salarian, and we saw Alindra go from being like, oh, this is tough to like buffed out like Flicka. Super yeah, Saiyan. She yeah. she went from like beginning of God of War to end of God of War <laughs> in terms of power. Uh, she's also she was like very heavily of uh uh well, first she was a weapon Solarian and she was a photon Solarian. So Don't, I'm neither. okay, hard mode Tyler. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I want to get to your guys's and, and Jason's uh some of your favorite parts of our playthrough so far. Uh, first, I just wanted to, to touch on things that I, I wasn't able to talk about while we were doing the campaign because I couldn't like spoil stuff. Um, I, I joked about it on the podcast about you guys marching from Rio City to the, the mountains. Uh, that, that was originally in, in the campaign. Uh, because that was our, what? Yeah. yeah, well, I was like, there's just no way to, you know, uh, have vehicles on the roads right now because it's so, so dangerous. Um, uh, but, you know, whether that had been a force march, I think it was a lot less like space. Uh, very wisely, that was changed to give you a vehicle being, you know, uh, a little less of a yeah. time concern. Well, there would have right, been yeah. mutiny. <laughs> mutiny. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a forced march at that point. It would have just been like you had yeah. to walk from rio city to the jernos mountains right and that felt to me like it would have taken too long to walk and then walk back the swarm would have gotten to you by then so i was like yeah. well, let's give them yeah. make them a little quicker give them a, a, a vehicle and you can you know it basically picture it picture it in terms of uh, uh you know that some of those opening scenes from the walking dead where one of the highways is completely empty but the other half come leaving is completely full so you know leaving rio city driving up okay and then you can just drive that on that side of the highway on the way back right yeah which by the way i've been in atlanta traffic cars would be going out both sides of that <laughs> yeah a hundred percent least realistic um, thing about the walking dead. <laughs> um, yeah i mean if you want to if we're talking about favorite moments yeah well we, we can move on to that uh yeah. Tyler, do you have one burning uh, I mean, now this is obviously unconfirmed, um, but I, I think uh, my favorite moment was having what I assume to be the boss of the AP, the book six cover art creature, uh, landing at the end and kind of chasing you out in uh, off the planet. You know, I mean, six heads, uh, insectoid-like, um, you know, legs was terrifying and and really really cool now whether it is that or not uh, i don't know but the way it definitely seemed that way ha having all the books in front of me like i do although i can't open any of them no uh, i just i just made up this uh this five-headed uh, swarm swarm monster for you guys yeah, but but that was that was really really cool having um you know very rarely do we kind of get to see the um I don't know the big bad, maybe the, the big bad of the AP or, or something so advanced and difficult early on in a book, uh, having that thing kind of just come out and make everybody poop their pants, rolling that will save and having essentially it's like, it's almost like an instant fail. Unless I think you roll a 20 uh, just to show off like how overwhelming, uh, how much overwhelming power it has was really cool. It was a good moment. Did, um that, that's something that we often sometimes get uh, uh, notes about from the from from the players and customers is that you know you don't know who the big finale boss is often or you don't see them that often because you know we can't necessarily have you fight them because they would kill you or if they're not strong enough you would kill them it's too early you know so they just have to 
do a lot of that for you know really think about that foreshadowing well especially when you talk about something like the swarm that unlike any of the other you know enemies that we have faced they don't really at least as far as we are in this campaign talk in a way that we can just understand you can't capture a swarm and beat it up and knock one of its eyes out to get information on its boss you have to just kill it and tyler's laughing because he knows exactly what i'm talking about uh the the, that that poor kish that uh (laughs) but uh but you don't you don't have uh you don't have you don't overhear a conversation between two two you know street gang guys that are talking about their 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 gang leader inside the 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 bar you know that you don't it makes it harder and easier because it is an unknowable enemy so you're i mean i don't want to say your your morals in in fighting them are a little easier but at least your rp interactions you know yeah, uh, taking taking them prisoner might not be the best. <laughs> well, and, and there's but there there's an impersonality to all of this that really works with the war aspect because it's it's an invasion force in a place that most of our characters have called home, and when we don't know the name of anything, we just know the the. That's a dredger. That's uh, 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 any of the other myriad creatures we came across. Uh, I don't know. That's and, and you start to get into the well. Who's the real villains? Who's the we're Walking Dead kind of like? Oh, <laughs> humanity's the real bad guys. What's uh, the real fate of the fifth? Yeah, and, and and that's where I you know personally I start when we go to when we go to to, to any of the forts and we meet civilians. I'm suspicious of everybody at that point <laughs> because we haven't had any enemy npcs to attach ourselves to yet mm-hmm. uh that's gonna i'm gonna i want to jump in because it's sort of one of my one of my favorite bits that's gonna uh you're gonna see more of is that that um uh patrick did a great job and just in creating the, and the npc that you're all gonna love to hate uh good old xantos lochwort um <laughs> Uh, just, what are you talking about? That, He's a member of the crew. He's like oh, the, the sixth beetle. Um, just that, just uh, that. Yeah. They love him completely, <laughs> right? Guys? Sprouts hates him so much. <laughs> yeah. He just is the name. Yoko of our group. <laughs> just just the name Loachwort. It was so, I was so good. Like, good name. And what a name. I hope we get to see more of him. Where did that come from? And I was like, "Oh, a loach is a fish." Yeah, I, I, it's in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah. Now, yeah, which is I, I, like, caught, I caught oh, one today. Right, and and, uh, and much like the fish in Animal Crossing, he looks at me with reproach. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and Xantos. I'm not sure. I feel like that that name has been used before in other places, but hmm. it just felt like a sciency name, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Loachworts. That, oh, that, that person is called by their last name by by everyone that they work sure. with. That makes sense. Loachwork, get over here. You know that kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, he he's yeah. uh no, he's a he's zero out of ten. It's a good job. Yeah. How dare Sprout, you? Sprouts really hates him. And and <laughs> I, I don't know uh, when this airs compared to when an episode comes out, but it's yeah, Sprouts does not have good conversations with him at all. Oh yeah, no. It, <laughs> uh, spoiler warning uh, at the end of the. Um, book one, you, you know that Xantos is on board the Terminus Wild with these folks, and oh, he's a major player. He's he's fun. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, uh, in every act, uh, interaction between uh, Sprouts and and him. I've been pointedly uh, having Xantos call you Marlo. 
Um, I have then, noticed I, that. I was, I really, I was hoping you're gonna go back and call him Loachwort <laughs> nonstop. Well, but, but also keep in mind, Sprouts is kind of used to being referred to as his last name as a gumshoe. Yeah. It's like, you well, know. and as a, a soldier, you guys, right? So it's it, it's not a big deal for him. Uh, one thing, my favorite part, it's not really a part, but it was something that I consistently noticed throughout this book was the general atmosphere of uncertainty. No matter where we were. And part of it has to do with Patrick Lear's storytelling as a GM, but I know a lot of it is in the book itself, is this idea of, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. There could be something around any corner. And I know that sounds a little cliche, given that we're playing a uh, genre RPG, but the element of war really adds a, a different sort of tension in the atmosphere. And as a player... I really felt it like every, every action, every conversation, there was this kind of shroud of dread of what was going to happen next. And I really, really enjoyed playing that because even when we went into what we thought was shelter for the first time, there are all these uncertain elements uh, with, you know, politically with the, the guy rousing things up and the, the, the scientist who was a little off and then there was Render. But there was always something. There, there's no reprieve in this book. And I find that really exhilarating as a player. Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, I, I was hoping like uh, part two where you're, you're traveling up to the Jurdus Mountains is is like the the restful part of the the campaign. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, no, we're going to prison. <laughs> you did get to rest at, at uh, in in Linmari. Um So, yeah, yeah we got to rest in Linmari uh, after the body snatcher slime. There's not a lot of downtime. in this <laughs> That is correct. Yeah, yeah. but I think which is, it's which is great. Yeah, I think it's fun, well, especially as someone who has, I mean, Starfinder is really the first RPG that I have consistently played in my entire life. And as someone who started off with Dead Sons, where I felt like I was getting a taste and then doing um, against the Aeon Throne, where I got, okay, my first like kind of pointed campaign, I feel like it's just kind of gradually leveling up in terms of the storytelling and the difficulty. And I'm really appreciating that as a player of as having different ways to get involved with a story that's being told. Well, to, to wrap us up here tonight, like I said, um, I, I'm glad you guys enjoyed Faye of the Fifth, but every book after the previous one gets crazier and, <laughs> and, and more insane. As soon as you Oh, think so it's a Paizo that, book. <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. As soon as you think you have a handle on where things are going, there will be a twist. And then yeah. you'll be like, oh, this is a crazier new norm. And then book five will happen and then you'll be like what and then book six and uh, that's what i've come to love about paizo's games because i mean this is the first company that i've had a a consistent playing with and Mm. i think the storytelling across the board not just with you patrick i mean i I think you did an amazing job i'm really proud of you as your friend i think you did fantastic (laughs) thank you but i do think every author seems to have brought their a game the storytelling across the board in Paizo's Adventure Pass from conception to execution has been, I mean, just top notch. I mean, I, I really feel like I've gotten an amazing experience every book I've played. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. It, it, interestingly, that like that you sort of talk about the sort of evolution a bit of the, of the storytelling and whatnot, that is actually mirroring my own sort of uh, a process, my own evolution, uh, my own experience gaining in actually developing Adventure Pass because I didn't 
hadn't done that before book five of Dead Sons. And then from then on, I did I guess the Throne and then Signal Screams and then now this one. So I am learning as I, you know. Well, I think it's a great time. way to introduce players. Like I think Dead Sons is the perfect introduction. Oh, yeah. Like it's meant to be that. So yeah. we did a good job, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, you did a good job. <laughs> good, <laughs> good okay with this uh, game that we love completely. Um, any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up? Oh, this is gonna be a lot. Should be saying that because I'm the host here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't do yourself, Brennan. Um, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I really gotta go. <laughs> so uh, when can we see Patrick's next book? Next book, Jason. Oh, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we'll see how long yeah. this forced quarantine lasts. Lasts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but, but for real, anyone want to say anything before we head out? No, I think I asked everything I want to. I'm ready. You can find me at Cosmic Crit on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> My website's CosmicCrit.com, guys. Hey. Uh, you can buy this book on paizo.com i'm 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 just really happy that we we are we don't have to be so vocally proud of patrick after this yeah after this this, i can uh i can say oh man this this ap author is really treating you guys unfairly (laughs) (laughs) doing what this ap author said i can't uh, take any of the blame oh man well thank you jason thank you yeah thank you so much thank you oh you're welcome Thanks for having me, having me host. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's the what's the send off, Jason? How do we? Oh gosh, uh, that's a good point. Um, that's it for a, a, another uh, crit bit. Uh, tune in uh, for our next episode, where we'll be getting to uh, well, the Cosmic Crit Crew and the Midnight Squad will be getting to book two of Attack of the Swarm, the Last Refuge. Ooh. Ooh. All right, guys. See ya. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20, and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.